0: hey Queeros you know what we have today is a rerun of the show because things have been so bananas <laughs> in my life that uh, I am having to take some time off at various times and it's uh, real nice that you continue to support the show and me you can go to patreoncom Queeros. it gives me the opportunity to continue to make the show I love you very much okay enjoy Vico Ortiz we love Vico incredible actor from shows like our flag means tough we love it enjoy i've been feeling wrong but i'm
1: still i know i know i know it's careless yes
0: awesome hi hey <laughs> I-, I always have guests on the podcast introduce themselves would you introduce yourself
1: Absolutely. Um, what's up? I am Vico Ortiz. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and Espanol, elle, le. I am born and raised in Puerto Rico. I'm an actor, drag king, and um, a professional queerdo. <laughs> yeah, sure. Totally. I feel like.
0: Are you still. Do you still king around?
1: I don't know the right verbiage, the right verb. I love kinging around. I love that. Uh, I haven't done a live show since before the pandemic. The last show I did was March 7th of 2020, uh, just a few days away between (laughs) the the end of everything. Um, But uh, I've been wanting to do a live show for the longest time. It's just... Um, every time a friend of mine is like, hey, there's a show this day, I am either not in town or I am filming. So I'm hoping that soon I get to do it because I'm craving one. Right. And what is what is that experience like? Uh, kinging?
0: I feel like I don't actually think we've had a drag king. King. On oh, the hey. Show.
1: I love this. Um, isn't I that love, weird? I love to be that, the first that's so King. That's so strange and sad, I'm, isn't it? I'm so here for it, though. I mean, I think it's always a good, you know, we'll rip the band-aid and then many kings will come. Um, I definitely... I'm trying to think if that's not true. I think it is true, though. Yes, but keep going. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> um... Drag kinging. I'm just going to start using that from now on, uh, came upon <clears throat> me completely by accident. My friend uh, Kathleen Jaffe was producing the first, like, King show, called Them Fatals. Uh, like, I want to say five or six years ago. And... Um, And it was a fundraiser and she was like, have you ever done drag? And I was like, I have barely even heard of drag, but I I mean, I I know the queens, but I've never heard of a king, but sure, let's do it. And, um, I looked a lot of, I looked up a lot of YouTube videos and, uh, and obviously mostly saw queens and I was like, well, it's lip syncing and dressing up like a dude. So let's just go. And I dressed up like Ricky Martin and I chose the Ricky Martin song and I, Got on stage and I did it and it changed my life. It changed my whole uh it, tell me more. It truly was such a euphoric moment uh for me to be up there and and feel so sensual and sexy and and tapping into the power of my femininity within this masculine persona oh, like it really gasped. just truly yeah it, it it really just shifted how i mean that was when i started questioning my gender um kinging helped me um Start that process, and I started realizing that a lot of the guys that I liked to uh, dress up like or or sort of imitate were um, effeminate men or gay <gasps> men. and Pico, I'm like gasping. I'm <laughs> gasping. I knew we. I, can I just tell you? I kind of knew we were the
0: same thing. What? I, I love like, this. Just like I don't know. I don't. We don't know each other at all. But I kind of spotted you several years ago, and I was like, well, I think we might be the same thing. But anyway.
1: Keep going. I am so here for this. I'm so here for this. And have you ever kinged
0: before? No, but this thing that you're talking about, like, this is is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. So I don't know that I even feel, like, called in that direction, but, like, cool, maybe it would be fun. Um, I've been thinking a lot about, as this sort of conversation about gender moved forward in the At the very least in the queer community a bunch of years ago, and then, like, now m- more on a just larger cultural stage. Um As it was moving forward, I think that when I was, like, first thinking about gender stuff for me, I think one thing that felt like a big block is that, like, I think of myself as, um like, masculine. I, I feel very masculine as a woman, but then... I also feel like the people that I've ever wanted to be or styled myself after, it's always been effeminate men. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Like, I'm, you know, obsessed with like, it's, you know, it's I mean, I don't even have to list, but it's, you know, it's the the Bowies and the Prince and everything. And then in the last couple of years, younger folks like Timothy Chalamet was just on the red carpet wearing a women's suit. And I feel like when I was first thinking about my gender, I was I was watching a lot of folks like sort of go, I don't even have the right language, but like hard masculine, like Matt, like trying to be um, like lean into the sort of edge of masculinity, like the fullest masculine masculine. Mm -hmm, Right. And mm so and that's also, you know, friends and family members of ours who have like transitioned and then had that reflected in their body, made choices about hormones or surgical Um, changes that they want to make. And while I like totally, I don't, I don't think anybody else needs to do anything different. I think for me, it became really confusing because I was like, well, I kind of like the body that I have. And I kind of like my face and I already feel like I look like a dude, but do you not, you know, like, I think it was this sort of real um, middle place that, that it really felt like Yeah, it's like this feminine masculinity or this masculine femininity. And it's not something that I'm like, that I'm really feeling we're talking about yet in a much larger sense. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of folks, it just, it's like the luck of the draw on who has been speaking publicly so far. It's a lot of folks who like wanted to make changes and I don't really want to make changes. So then I think I've felt confused about... How to help people see who I think I already am and always have been?
1: Does that make sense, Vico? It makes one hundred percent sense, and I resonate with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I feel like I feel like that's part of the journey, you know, just like mm-hmm. existing in that. I mean, it's breaking some of those expectations as well. I feel like mm-hmm. whenever I've thought about maybe. Uh, either doing HRT or doing some sort of, uh, surgical procedure, I don't want to, uh, be perceived as, um, man. (laughs) I don't like, it's like, I, I kind of love the fact that I'm like, am an effeminate masculine person. And also, yeah, like I like having those two things and I love, uh, uh, where my body is at right now. And similarly, like I love, I do love just like walking into a room and sometimes having people be like, I don't know what is happening here, <laughs> but I like you. And I'm like, there we go. That's all you really need to like understand is that you like enjoy me as a human and I enjoy you as a human and we can connect. Um, uh, cause I feel like we're so sometimes wrapped up at, at, uh, at with that, right. It's like, well, I need to figure you out. And it's like, Well, I think the purpose of living is to just constantly be figuring it out. You know, we don't have to have it like 100%. You know, I think part of being queer um, or the realization of our queerness is that we're Mm -hmm. ever evolving, ever changing, ever exploring and allowing uh, ourselves to come authentically to each and every day, you know, like what I feel today might be different tomorrow and both are valid Um, and who I was five years ago will be very different from, you know, will I be five years from now? Um, And, uh, and, and giving that a chance to, to just be Uh, so, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of it is also, you know, for me anyway, it's like this pressure to, I just feel like, I feel like a lot of folks want instruction on how to see me how to see me and what to call me and um I feel like I've had some some frustration Mm. because I feel like I've been telling folks I mean it's 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 um it's also wonderful that people want to ask you know it's a it's a there's two sides of the same coin Um, it's wonderful that people are curious and it's wonderful that we're having these conversations. And then I also feel pressure to like get it right and to be able to articulate it and to be able to have a finite answer, like a finish line answer, Mm -hmm. um, where I just don't feel that way. You know, like I feel, I feel like I already am at the finish line and have been for a long time. And I think that's confusing when we've just started the conversation it's like we're we're kind of mm. not quite there yet if that makes sense.
1: No, absolutely. And it makes sense also to to want to have, you know, instructions and to want to have- like, Totally, uh, yes. It, I mean, we have- It all makes sense, 100%. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, we've been, we've been, since the moment we're brought into this, you know, dimension, um, we are given instructions, you know? Like, okay, great. Like, you came out and you got to do this and you got to do that. And like, these are the steps you got to make to like, you know, function, right? In this uh, uh, society. But when you start realizing that like, all these systems and structures are really just to put you in a, in a lane. So you don't look to the side or within and when you start taking mm-hmm. all those things away and start removing all these instructions, it's like, wait, where is the structure? And it's like, the structure is that there is none. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you're just like a floating blob of love <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> <it> out. <laughs> um, also, I mean, I guess the thing
0: is, is like, yes, I feel like a floating blob of love. I also feel like a physical body. Like, I like my body, you know, Um, for the maybe the first time in my life. I I'm, love that. I'm feeling like, because I think that's the other thing. It's like, then, in order to conceptualize this, it's like, don't even think of me as a body. You know, it's it's all like, it has to stay gray because it's like, well, don't even think of me as a body. Then that means, like, I have to leave my body behind, which means I can't like my body. And I, honestly, I do push-ups every day so that I can flex, And feel good about it. I love this. Are you going to tell me I can't fucking take constant pictures of myself flexing in the bathroom mirror? Because no, thank you. I'm not ready to give that
1: up. I love this. I love this. Also, I don't know if it happened to you, but once I started to reclaim what femininity and masculinity were for me Mm -hmm. and just said F you to, like, everything that was expected of me, uh, that's Mm -hmm. when I started to really— it would really be like, oh, wow. Yeah. I have, I have a gorgeous body. I have all these like mm. things that I like, I, in the beginning wow. I was like, very like, oh, I don't want to show it off. Cause it's like, Ooh, it's expected of this. And now I'm just like, oh no, like I bl- love this, you know, uh vessel that I have. Um, cause I'm reclaiming these like features for me. No. So it's like, it's not, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to like fit into like what society wants. Like, no, I want this for me and I'm like loving this for me. And then now I just feel sexy and sensual and masculine and feminine and all of the things that I want. I don't know if that resonates with you too.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, and I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, so I'm so sorry to listeners, but like a couple months ago, I posted this photo on Instagram where like This is actually a big turning point for me just sort of in the general understanding of this. Like I posted this photograph where you could kind of see cleavage, like not very much, but a little bit. And um, I have like I have big boobs. I have like a D size chest, which I have felt pretty weird about for a long time because like I remember one time I was at a pool party, which is a thing that you do when you live in Los Angeles and you're an adult, not something I ever did. Outside of childhood when I lived in Chicago.
1: That makes sense. (laughs) um,
0: I was at a pool party and I was trying to tell one of my friends at the time. We were literally no longer friends, but I was trying to tell one of my friends at the time, like, I feel like, I feel like Don Draper in a Joan body. And she said to me, she was like. And I was in a bathing suit when I said this and she said, oh, so you're like comparing yourself to the two hottest people on the planet, which was kind of a dick thing to say, because what I was trying to do was convey that, like, I know that you might have certain expectations of me based on the fact based on how I look in a bathing suit. Like, I don't really wear like sporty volleyball lesbian uh, triangle Bikini tops, I have to wear, like, an underwire and, like, some support because my boobs are huge. And that makes me feel weird because I – it doesn't – it's, like, it makes me feel weird because of you, because you're around, mm-hmm,
1: you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
0: um, so I was trying to confide, like, don't – like, don't be confused, you know? Like, I'm still an ad executive that is a bad person, you know? Like, um, <laughs> anyway – I posted this picture on Instagram and some folks commented on the cleavage and started calling me mommy. <laughs> what is that? Which made me feel insane. Oh my God. <laughs> because I was like, oh my God, like these are, and it's, and it's also fine to be a mommy, but I don't really feel like a mommy. I think I said, I feel like a daddy. And then people were saying, actually, just FYI, you're a mommy. And I wanted to punch myself in the face. I deleted it. And then like maybe 48 hours later, I reposted it. And I just said, like, correct me based on like what you can see. Like, I know I have boobs. I'm trying to be more confident and tell you this is who I am. You don't have to tell me. I Like feedback not required.
1: That is, I think, that is, I think, the, mo- the, the biggest problem, right? Yeah, just people want to just put their thoughts on who you are rather than just letting you be. And the fact that you were like, I feel like a daddy. And everyone was like, actually, no. You're like, excuse me. Isn't that (laughs) shitty? Why? (laughs) What? I said, I feel like a daddy. And you're trying to correct how I feel? What is this assumption? What is this audacity? Yeah, wow. Back
0: for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: (laughs) Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh,
1: nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check.
0: What? Hang on. So right now you're also um, exhibiting gender on television, um, (laughs) as am I. (laughs) And uh, I wanted to talk about that. We you know, love to see here's, it. <laughs> here's all this conversation, and then maybe you could just like you know give some context for listeners.
1: Absolutely, about what's happening in your
0: life? It seems like a pretty huge moment.
1: It's a it's a whole moment. So I'm in a show called "Our Flag Means Death" on HBO Max that follows the life of Steed Bonnet. Um, it's loosely based on real historical facts. Um, Steed Bonnet is an actual pirate who called himself the Gentleman Pirate who befriended uh, Blackbeard, the most uh, feared... I think, I just also have to say, I
0: think is also in the television show Outlander. So this is something that... Um, my Outlander stands can confirm whether or not there is also Stephen
1: Bonnet in Outlander. That yes, I think it's the same person. I'm so here for this. I have not mm-hmm. seen Outlander, and I think it should because I've. Well, been told- I can't wait for the crossover because yeah. you <gasps> should be in that oh, show. Love that. You know what I'm saying? I anyway, I'm just so here continue. for it. Um, so uh, in history books, it's just. Told that Steed Bonnet and Blackbeard became friends, but it never really gets explored. And in the show, um, they lean into the queerness of that relationship, which I think it's beautiful. And not just on those two characters, but there's several other characters. I mean, mostly everyone on that crew is queer it, to a certain degree, um, which I think is lovely. And uh, I play Jim, uh, who's this... Um, uh, starts off the show as a bearded, uh, bulbous nose mute, uh, mysterious mute with crazy knife skills. And then uh, turns out Jim doesn't actually have a beard or a bulbous nose and uh, they can speak. Um, so uh, there's a moment where the crew is like, Jim is a woman what is happening and then or mermaid or and then Jim is like I'm just Jim and everyone's like that makes sense and then just carry on and it's beautiful um and uh speaking of you know gender and presentation and all the things right uh part of the journey for for me and like Jim is that Jim is the same person with or without the beard the beard doesn't make them more masculine less feminine not having the beard doesn't make them more feminine less masculine I didn't, like, when I went on the performance mode, I'm not trying to act like a man or act like a woman. I just am. Uh, And the only thing that changes is how people perceive them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, but what happens in the show is that, like, once everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's this, it's, they're just Jim. They just carry on and, uh, and honor this person's journey. And they have, whole mission of vengeance and revenge uh on the side and um and once the gender part is like done it's like great let's just carry on with this badass journey um and uh there's so much joy also within all of it there's so much queer love uh jim has someone on the boat who um you know is is interested in them regardless uh which I think it's really fun sometimes the trope of the whole like oh well now that the beard is gone I'm like more attracted to Jim it's like no like I you know Oluwande likes Jim no matter what Jim looks like uh they just like the person uh which I think is really dope and uh Yeah, it's been bananas. I'm kind of like, I, my social media, this is like the first something, something like this happens to me. So my social media is like exploding in all the ways and shapes and forms. And it's, I'm just as excited as everybody. You know, when I read each episode, I would cry. I would be like, I can't believe I'm actually part of this. Like, is this is actually happening? And then Mm -hmm. I'm seeing it done and I'm seeing, you know, the queer people being like, Reacting the same way I did last year When I was reading everything I'm like I'm there with you I'm crying with you I'm excited with you I am feral It's a new thing that I'm reading a lot People are just feral for the show And I'm feral for the show as well you know? <laughs> new, new Gen Z I don't know what you're talking I don't know either I'm trying to fit with the Gen Zers <laughs> That's what Gen Z I
0: mean I feel like I'm like Really trying to get connected with Gen Z But I mean I certainly know what feral means there, it means it's like I, I'm imagining it's a level
1: it's a level of excitement. It's a level of of such intense love that you're just going feral. That you're just I mean like it's chaotic Great. almost. Uh chaotic Great. good. So I, I'm leaning towards that. I haven't really actually asked anybody what feral meant. I but, think you got it. But it's it that's the vibe I got. <laughs> that seems right. Wow. Um Spoiler alert, I feel like it just just like, gave everyone everything. No, I mean, <laughs> I, yes.
0: Well, I think, go ahead and spoil um, our listeners. But, you know, I think I want to ask you about, I mean, it's interesting, I guess, then, to have, I was able to be out as a queer person before I was ever working professionally, just barely, by the way, Ooh, uh, wow. tomorrow, which is um, April 1st is my 20 year gayversary Um, 20 years ago on April 1st I kissed a woman for the first time which sent me into a um utter like exploration that has never I've never gone back from that moment and actually I am 40 this year so on April 2nd I will have been on this exploration longer than I wasn't which is really cool um that's so dope I love see this what I'm saying? Yes. yeah absolutely oh wow yeah I love this yes yeah. I'm about to hit that marker of like being aware of myself longer than I wasn't um happy anniversary oh my god thank you it's really wonderful but you know so then I was doing improv already in college but I started working professionally when I was 21 I think mm-hmm. so I already knew some stuff about who I was not everything. Um, the gender stuff is sort of happening in public um, as I'm already in a career that has a public side. Um, but, you know, for you, I'm curious about you're saying like this is your you know first like big introduction like this. And, you know, it sounds like you're pretty sounds like you know yourself pretty well. And I'm curious about, you know, how that feels
1: about it happening now. That's a great Question. Um, I kind of have had my growth as a human being like hand in hand with uh, my career, Um, Mm -hmm. both with gender, sexuality, culturally everything. Cause when I first moved to LA, I n- know, I remember that I wanted to Americanize myself. I was really trying to fit the, are you from Puerto Rico? Puerto like, Rico. From? Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. 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 Um, I moved to LA when I was 17, almost 18. And I remember very clearly like wanting to fit the, the, the ticket, the, the heteronormative, cisnormative, white, male gaze of what a Latina should act and look like. And sure. and I had been born and raised in Puerto Rico and I was very tomboyish. And I remember being like, maybe this is not what's going to get me booked because I don't look Latina enough. And I was like, this is messed up. I mean, I'd realized this later, but I remember when I was young and I was like, well, I got to, I want to book, I want to work. I'm going to try to fit this ticket. And I realized I was betraying myself, um, in many ways. And as I started to shift that and started to accept myself for, for me and then start in the first coming out was my sexuality. And I remember I had a whole thing about like, maybe I shouldn't say anything because, you know, already being an actor is so difficult. Like if I say I'm like gay, they're going to like get me less roles or whatever. Like I, maybe I shouldn't say anything. And then I, when I realized I was so scared of being who I was, Because of losing work, I was like, this is so messed up. This is how other people feel as well. Like, you know, they shouldn't come out at work or say something or whatever. They should just be. So I was like, this needs to change. I'm going to start intentionally being very loud about how gay I am. And then just like book work and then just be like, I am and just say it. Right. Um, And the same thing happened when I... um, came out as non-binary um and uh and then as those things were happening the industry has also been shifting in in certain ways and opening a bit more we still have a lot of way to go but it it has been kind of hand in hand um but I about like yeah about six years ago uh when I came out as non-binary with the drag king world and all that stuff uh that's when I was like no I'm intentionally going to be doing queer characters for the rest of my life because we can exist in all the spaces. We are in all the spaces and we deserve to be in all the spaces and we deserve to be telling queer stories no matter the character. Right. Um, and, um, and yeah, I feel like I haven't, I haven't done any character that hasn't been queer and I'm for the past six (laughs) years and I'm like so happy about it. Um, but this would be like the, the biggest, like, Right. The biggest one that's like in mainstream media, which has been like bananas. But I have people that have followed me from like three years ago when I did these thems and uh or when that's I, me, I'm one of those. Yay! People. Um yeah. so it's like been really fun to have people be like, wow, I've been seeing your journey and like it's so dope. And and um and I'm just hoping, you know, to keep just opening doors and just keep it open and then like whistle and be like, come on in and just keep bringing all the queers into the room and keep breaking walls and ceilings and take over.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I was first familiar with you, I think, um, is these thumbs. Um, oh, well, there was something you were just talking about that I was going to ask a follow-up on And what is it? Oh, what I was going to say is I'm I'm working on this show right now where um there's a queer woman – I think she identifies as a lesbian – um who, like, doesn't read as a lesbian. And so we were talking the other day, and she was talking about how, like, she has a hard time booking queer roles because she doesn't look
1: like mm. she's the right thing.
0: Mm. And, and it was in her saying that I realized I was like, oh, I've never even – I don't know why I, even, I don't know why I never even thought of that like I've never played a straight character. I think it's that in my mind I I just am like, well that's I mean, why would that happen? why would that happen? Exactly. Um, exactly. But I it actually it made me so curious. I was like, what would that be like to be, I mean, um, Obviously, then I did some dream casting in my mind. It's me, Jason Momoa, we're dating each other. I love this. Um, wow, because mm-hmm. he's still like my type. Um, but
1: I can see this. I can one hundred percent. I'm manifesting saying saying this for you. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like, is it what's like? Is it like a what kind of show is it or like a movie? You know, it's like a. I mean, it's definitely like, not like. Verite, you know, like there, there's for sure, like maybe we're fish, you know what I mean? There's like something is, you know what I mean? Or like time travel, there's something that's yeah. going on, but oh, I yeah. feel like maybe I'm protecting him. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, he always has to work so hard. He, everybody put, oh, they see him. They put so much pressure on him mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be the like strong one or whatever. But then he meets m- me, my character, and I'm like,
1: come with me if you want to live kind of a thing. Um, I love this. But that's also kind of queering it up, you know, like that's kind of like queering absolutely. up the relationship, like, you know, not following the, yes. the the expectation of like, oh, well, the man needs to be the protector or whatever. It's like, totally. you know, you're still technically, I mean, if this was like a heterosexual, you know, cis relationship, you're still kind of queering up the dynamics of like. That's exactly right, Vico. 100%. <laughs> I mean, I, also, it makes sense to me now that you say that,
0: that I like picked A man who's very known for wearing like a pink scrunchie on his wrist because I'm like, if I feel like he'd be okay with it, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he'd be like, sure, I'll ride on the back of the motorcycle. I mean, I think just in terms of weight distribution, I'm not sure that that makes sense. Like, (laughs) like the motorcycle might go down. But like, since it's on the back of a stunt trailer anyway, like we can pretend that. We would be able to stay up. Absolutely,
1: um, I believe I am manifesting this for you. I'm are you so ready here- for this? I'm so ready for I'm this. I'm really ready for this. Yeah. I want it. I want it now. It's out I there in want the universe. It too. <laughs>
0: yeah. I guess I gotta write this. Yes, please. I like never. Yeah, I never. Because I'm, you know, my my like original archetype of women in movies is is the action hero. Like I'm a huge Linda Hamilton fan. Like mm. for some reason that seems that makes so much more sense to me than like in a rom-com, I guess. Why would you be in love with a man? I don't get that, but I do get why you would save them or work alongside them as partners.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that concept. No, that's great. It's like, love them, I don't you? know. Me? Oh, Can my gosh. Can you give gosh. me some
0: uh, um, dream imaginings? Where what's What would you like to do?
1: Oh, my goodness. Dream imaginings. Listen, I'm a big, like, sci-fi and fantasy person. Me too, baby. Yeah. I love me some dragons, you know. Absolutely. I'm here for that. Uh, I'm here for that life. I actually was answering that question yesterday. I made the chaotic mistake of doing an Ask Me Anything situation on Instagram, and there was, oh, how'd that go? It was a, I have a lot of questions that I still have to answer, but there was one where I realized, um, that, uh, oh wow, I'm like completely blanking. It was Ask Me Anything, and it was chaotic, and my train of thought completely, Jason oh, Momoa, motorcycles, dragons. dragons, oh yeah, that all of my, um, life choices that have shaped me today have been because I love Star Wars. Um, The reason why I sword fight is because of Star Wars. (laughs) The reason why I'm vegetarian is because I wanted to be a Jedi and Jedis don't eat meat. So like I there's a lot of big choices that I that shape who I am today (laughs) because I am just a nerd that just wanted to be a Jedi so badly. So. um, So, yeah, I believe this will happen for you. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's Um, all I really want. Just lightsabers, the force and some veggie sticks <laughs> done I think this will happen for you I, thi- I think so I think so I'm hoping so <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: you you look right. you got you just need a couple of long tendrils oh you need a couple ooh, of long ooh, braids you yeah know what I mean that's yeah.
1: a big part of it I, speaking um, of braids I also let a braid grow when I was little because I wanted to be it I mean all of the things I've done t- yes yeah.
0: uh of course <laughs> So, I think that might be the next step is to re enter
1: that reality. Yeah. I can see myself in Star Wars. That's what's happening. Yeah. 100%. I already live in Star Wars. Oh, but also
0: re enter the braid. I think the braids is really what's going to. So, and you could, you could do that. Could be extensions.
1: Oh, yeah. I got some hair in the bag that I can like grow for like a month and get that, yeah. you know, get a little something in there to get that going.
0: I think to really give people, because you have, sometimes you have to show people. You know what I mean? there's not everybody has an imagination
1: and if they change my hair for the second season if we get a second season of our flag means death i i definitely said dreads a couple times or you know braids and we'll see what happens right right right. <laughs> if they right, actually right. listen to me or not
0: well this i mean i can't wait to find out me neither. and you'll just be ready to go right into your outer space adventure yes this is amazing yeah <laughs> that makes sense oh good i too love star wars Yes.
1: Oh my gosh, I love this for you. Are you I ready a, for
0: Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know, he's not my favorite. I mean, okay. <gasps> you know what I
1: mean? But he's not he's oh, he's your favorite? So he's my type. <laughs> that's my type. <laughs> that's your type? Yeah. You and McGregor, that's especially as Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's like my type. Just like tender, very Ewan bearded. You McGregor,
0: and McGregor riding a motorcycle through South and Central America is more my type. Ewan McGregor in, um, oh my God, what is the freaking movie where he is? um, Moulin Rouge. Oh, Velvet Goldmine. Oh. Uh, have you ever seen that movie? I have not, and now I need to see it. <laughs> oh, this is what you should do with your afternoon. Like, it's really important. I will I'm be serious. doing this.
1: Velvet Goldmine? Yes. It's happening. I'm going to find it somewhere. Some platform has to have it.
0: A hundred percent. Okay, but Yes. Okay, so you're excited for Obi-Wan.
1: Yes. That's really important to you. (laughs) Indeed. Great.
0: I want to go back and talk for a moment about what you were saying about moving here from Puerto Rico Mm. and – I mean, what did, what is specific experience too? Because I mean, this is like a real outsider's perspective. I don't know enough about this, but because of Puerto Rico's um, specific relationship with the United States, or the United States' specific relationship with Puerto Rico, I would imagine that there's a lot involved emotionally in trying in a, in moving here. Um, am I? Yeah. Am I on the right track no,
1: about that? One hundred percent. I am a very proud Puerto Rican. I'm very proud of being Puerto Rican, and I love my island and my culture and my people. And it, I had to, and I still, you know, it's it's weird for me to be here sometimes in 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 LA um, and the United States in general. Um, there was a part of me that was like. I just, I I wish that the mecca of TV and film wasn't in Los Angeles. <laughs> right. Why do I have to, like, go to this colonizer's place <laughs> to, like, Yeah, work? exactly.
0: Um, I mean, that's exactly what I'm asking about specifically. Yes. I'm realizing I could have been even more specific for anybody who's listening who doesn't know, but I'm asking about Puerto Rico being a U.S. territory. Col- colony, yeah. Colony, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you for the right wording. No worries, uh, territory. Yeah,
0: but yeah, but without um, representation and benefits, and and uh, with just yeah, essentially occupation.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's full on colonization. We are Puerto Rico as a colony of the United States. Uh, it's very obvious and really frustrating, especially when you are here. Uh, you see the way that the land is literally being sold for pennies for people that come from the outside. Uh, it is incredibly difficult for people that are from Puerto Rico uh, to live in Puerto Rico, to have a business in Puerto Rico. All of the tax breaks, all of the benefits are for only people that are coming from the outside. Um, it It's very obvious that the government just wants everyone out and have all the outsiders in and become a tax haven and just take advantage of everything. Um which is a real bummer. And like you said, there is no representation uh, in Congress that actually has a vote. Cause yes, we have some people up there, but they do not get to vote. We don't vote for president either. Um, but we do vote for primaries, which is an interesting, um, concept. Yes, odd. and we have a, uh, fiscal group that was appointed by the United States Congress, uh, nobody no single puerto rican voted for for that group to uh, no nobody in puerto rico voted for who could be in that group so it was a group appointed by us congress to take over Puerto Rico and just verify anything the governor says in PR. So if the governor says, we're going to do this, but this fiscal group appointed by the U.S. says, no, we're not going to do that, then that's vetoed. So we really don't have like an actual governor. We don't really have a say at all in anything. Um, And uh, yeah, it's real messy and intense. And can I ask you some (laughs) dumb people questions? Go for it. I,
0: yeah, for like, you know, and and this is, I think, also part of how, um colonizers in general, but you know, the United States keep systems like this in place is that like I didn't really learn about this in school. You know, this is like not this is like in my purview in probably the last like five or ten years max, you know. And I think um again, that's like part of keeping a system in place is like you don't even tell the people who are raised here that this is what's going on. So and like, even there for are some us stuff us I too. just don't know.
1: <laughs> even, <laughs> oh, for, I right. mean, even for us, I've had to do a lot of my own digging to like get the information that I required because otherwise, right. yeah, they don't want you to know.
0: Right. So some questions I have are, and maybe you don't know this, but do you pay taxes? We do pay taxes. Quite I you Quite a bit yes. of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of, because I know this is like, This is just something that I don't have, like, the right info on, and I can certainly do my own research. But statehood being floated as, like, a possible positive thing in the U.S., I'm assuming is not what Puerto Ricans would want. Puerto Ricans would maybe want for the United States to leave. But this is just, like, an assumption based on general knowledge of things. Like, it's not really from research. (laughs)
1: That is correct. Um, The United States thinks that Puerto Rico should be a state just to be like, oh, this is an easy uh, fix, right? But that is not the easy fix. The easy fix is for the United States to leave Puerto Rico and let us do our own thing. Um, Unfortunately, um, it's um, the way that I describe it. Is that what happened to us? It's like you're we're a full body, all limbs walking, and someone on the other side is walking really fast towards us. And very swiftly at the same time they cut off the legs, they put on a wheelchair. And it's like, oh, you see, without me, you wouldn't have had this wheelchair. And then it happened so quickly that it was like, Who cut off my legs? Um, so that's kind of what I like a visual representation of like what it feels the United States is doing what well, Puerto Rico. Um, and not only do we pay <clears throat> taxes, but we also pay double the amount of, uh, of stuff or produce. Everything comes from the outside. Um, oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, they made it really difficult for us to like oh, even use our yeah. own land. And we have such nerd, like the land is so ready. And we have a lot of people here that like are doing their own independent, uh, produce stuff and whatnot, but it's like Again, having a business here is incredibly difficult um, because they just have you pass all these hurdles. Um, Even right now, I've been outside of Puerto Rico for 12 years. I technically uh, can take advantage of the benefits of being an outsider. Um, because I have a business in LA, I have my whole, I mean, my ID is in LA. So technically I haven't been living in Puerto Rico. Um, so I do plan on like maybe looking in some of those like laws and like benefit from that to benefit my people. Um, but, uh, it's tricky and, uh, and yes, it's really frustrating. And I know that sometimes people are like, "Oh, but there's a vote that happened recently that eighty percent of Puerto Ricans voted for statehood," but when you look at the turnout, only twenty percent of the island turned to the vote. Um, oh, got it. And so, <laughs> and got that this happened like this happened like two years ago, and nothing has happened yet. So then it's another it's. The eighty percent that didn't show to the voting was like, you see, we vote, we don't vote, it doesn't matter. It's if the U.S. doesn't want it, they're not gonna want it. They clearly don't want us as a state. Um, they, we don't want to be a state, so peace. But um, wow. but yes, it's just all a bunch of money used to keep us razzle dazzled, really, unfortunately.
0: Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not shocked to hear anything that you're saying. Partially just because I've been to Hawaii and I feel like that was very instructive in my understanding of like what we are still actively doing and what we have been doing because, you know, I think I just I think I just really didn't get it. Like, I I, I don't know. I mean, especially because I think I think we actually I think Puerto Rico is um, maybe even less on people's radar in the u.s in terms of like cultural appropriation because in hawaii we we did an amazing job of like snatching up shirts and like tiki mugs or something mm-hmm. that isn't mm-hmm. even from there but being like this is from there and uh and um like making of a, a, a you know you can imagine what hawaii looks like on a t-shirt or whatever and it's it's very i think it's very almost more than like you know, almost any other state. It's like one of the places that I think did a great job of like visualizing a fake thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's like a Disney. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Going there and like seeing what's happening is kind of wild.
1: I still haven't been to Hawaii and I'm curious cuz I feel like from what I'm listening from people on TikTok and all that stuff it's it's kind of in that same like that's what the goal is eventually to like get us to the point where Hawaii is which is a bummer. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it it just feels I don't know. This is how I felt being there on a couple different islands was just like, "Oh, this is not <clears throat> this is not um ours." like this is not mine you know um this is not of like i've i've also been to i've been to some reservations and it's a similar feeling of like there's clearly a culture that already exists there
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's being like surrounded and inhabited also you know and just Oof. like that happened elsewhere in the US at such a different time wasn't part of my purview but when i see it in those places it's i'm like oh this is what we've always done but it's like actively still happening here
1: yeah it's just it's just modern modern colonization it really is just and it's so it's brilliantly devastating how sneaky it is and how um legal they make it it's like how is this how is this legal how is it what's totally. happening <laughs> It's like, that's, you start wondering, like, uh, you start questioning the system because it's like, wh- how is this, how are these things legal? Like, wh- how, who is saying yes to all of this? What's happening? I mean, even you
0: correcting me when I said territory, like, that's so helpful because again, it's like, you know, it's, um, it's like the, it's like the concentration camps for Japanese American folks in California that are like not called concentration camps because because language is, you know, specifically chosen to, like, distance reality.
1: Yeah, 100%. And they do a really good job. I mean, it's all marketing at the end of the day. It's like, let's just, like, make this, let's reframe this in a way that we look good. And it's like, yeah, no, buddy. Like, that's, um, when you look at the paper and you read the description, it's like, yeah, you really did, you did some creative thinking in that title. <laughs> um, new. No. Uh, wow. Yeah. 100%. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing all that with me. and Thank uh, you.
0: Yeah. So this whole moment, you know, it just feels like, well, first of all, I'm really happy for you. And it also just feels like, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you are getting a chance to, you know, be known for like a thing that has nothing to do with these things that are part of your life. Right. You're like, you're, you're playing gym. That's not like, but you have so many, you have so much to say it's It's really excellent to just get a chance to like be in the mainstream so that when these interviews come up like these are this is just part of the chat you know that's that's awesome.
1: I'm just excited for all the things that are gonna come out I mean, I'm hoping they come out of all of this, right Um, I have so many incredibly talented queer friends who write, produce direct act, and They all they really needed was was like a just some, just a little push on the financing bit, and it's like if I can help in that way. that's where I'm at. I'm kind of like, great. There's like all this like, oh, what is gonna what is Vika gonna do after this? And I'm like, great. I have some like things that I would like to do. Friends, come over, show me your stuff and then be like, we want to do this project. Do you want to give us the money to do it cuz I believe in it and we should do it. Um, so that's kind of I'm hoping that from all of this like, you know, more doors and more beautiful stories get told and um, and get in the mainstream media and and just have a soul tell gorgeous Mm. stories Mm. and connect with each other and ourselves. (laughs) That's my hope at least, which sometimes it feels like kind of naive because this industry is kind of intense. I mean, I've been at it for 12 years and I've had some really devastating lows and some great highs. So I'm kind of just like, okay, let's just take advantage of the moment as much as possible before, if anything, you know, if I fall again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you will, because we all will. It's like all about ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's my experience anyway, is that like, I don't care who you are or how well things are going, there's always an opportunity for it to dip. And so, yep. Um, you know, I also love how like stable and full of self-love you sound because that's really important too.
1: I'll take it. Also a uh, year plus on therapy. So that's... <laughs> Oh, I recommend. Absolutely. I recommend. That's how
0: we, that's how we survive. Very Thanks. much,
1: yes. Awesome <laughs> oh.
0: Fico, well, before I send you back into your day, I just wanted to ask you to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you can be who you are today.
1: Oh my God!
0: Um, <gasps> wow! Holding the chest, very, very loving posture.
1: Yes! Uh, wow! Someone that really inspired me to really go for it was Reina Valdez um she Oh awesome. Yeah, she's I was in her acting class for like a year um and uh and I was like still a little bit afraid of like I don't know if I should just dive uh, and um and she really was just like inspired me to find the the power and my truth and 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 what I can bring to the table. And she was the one that inspired me to just yeah, just very be like, I'm going to make every character queer, whether it was written for it or not. It's just going to happen. I'm going to show up. And the second I'm in, it's just a queer character and really take up that space and uh, and not be afraid of taking that space. So, yeah, she she my queero. I love it
0: well you're a delight and um i can't wait to follow everything that happens for you and i'm in
1: your corner likewise i can't wait to see your show i've been seeing all the sexy photos of the tattoos and all that stuff and i was like oh, oh excuse yeah. you <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> thank you nico awesome